Measured Science Podcast, brought to you by Leco Corporation. I'm your host, Andrew Story, and I'm excited for this conversation today with Leco's Farai Rakunda. Before we get into it, though, I have a quick show note. We're looking for guests and topics for the podcast. If you have ideas or if you'd like to join, please reach out to me or another Leco representative or visit leco.com slash podcast. Today, Farai Rakunda joins me in the studio. After a great deal of success managing our separation science service team, he's been promoted to Director of Separation Science Customer Success, overseeing separation science sales in the United States, applications, and product support. Leco's separation science capabilities use time-of-flight mass analyzers to enable a wide range of solutions for gas chromatography mass spectrometry for routine analyses and research. If you're interested in more details on these products, visit our website or reach out to Farai's team for more information. But today, we're going to talk about customer success, a passion that Farai and I have in common, and we'll also discuss his passion outside of work, giving back through his foundation, supporting education in Zimbabwe. But today, it's Friday, and so you'll notice we're only talking about solutions, no problems, because it's all about solutions on Friday. Well, Farai, welcome to the studio. We're excited to have you here. We're excited about your new position. Um, I just I want to say that I'm really looking forward to having you over in the new building here. And uh, it's always been a pleasure to work with you, but it, exciting to see your face more often. Thank you, Andy. Um, I'm glad to be in this building as well, and I'm glad to uh, uh, spend some time with people I haven't seen in a long time. So I'm enjoying my stay in the new building. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, during COVID, we were all kind of in our own little cocoons, and right now you're in a new cocoon. So I'm in a new cocoon, and I'm also kind of trying to learn some new rules about this building. You know, right. I mean, I was used to being in my service building, and now I'm in a new building, so it's kind of like relearning a new home. You know, some manners in the new home. You know, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all a little different. So, yep. Uh, so, how long have you been here at Lico? Oh. Uh, It'll be 14 years. Okay. Yeah, and and what years. brought you here originally? So the way, the way it happened, and it was kind of funny. Um, I went, I was, originally I was in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And I got home one, one, one evening and my wife said, uh, hey, uh, there's a voicemail uh, for you. Uh, it came three days ago. I said, from who? And she said, well, I don't know, some headhunter trying to find you a job in Michigan, maybe? So anyway, I called this headhunter and I talked to him and he said, hey, Farai, so uh, I saw your resume and I'm trying to see if I can, you know, bring some opportunity to you. If you have a couple of options and one is to work in Michigan, uh, you don't have to be in the lab, you can just be teaching. And the other one is to go to Louisiana to work uh, in a lab as a lab manager. Well, you know, before I came to LICO, I spent 14 years at Wright State University uh, working in a research lab and working with dioxins and uh, we, we were always having the um, respirators and hazmat suits and so the idea of going back to go to another job and still put a lab coat on and gloves I didn't really like that idea so you know Michigan sounded good 
Uh, and at that point, I didn't even know it was going to be legal corporation. But anyway, when I decided that I wanted to come to Michigan, they gave me the number to uh, to contact a person at LICO. And that's how the conversation started. And uh, in September of 2007, that's when I came to LICO Corporation as a training specialist. Yeah. And then you were a training specialist for a little while before you moved into uh, your last position, or maybe there were a few more. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so there were a few more in between. You know, I, I came... I came as a training specialist and I spent a significant amount of time traveling um, all over the country, um, so providing support to our customers by, e- by email. But basically, I focused on software and that's what I was doing. And then after a few years, I was promoted to be in charge of the training division for separation science. And then a few years after that, uh, I, they merged the training group and the service technical service group and I started overseeing that, and I did that for quite some time. And then just recently, as you know, uh, I became the director of uh, Separation Science Customer Success. Yep. Yeah, and so um, in your new role, what uh-huh. would you define uh, as, you know, you're, I know you're doing a few different things in sales, and you're working with product management. Uh-huh. And um, So what, what, what do you view as the core uh, purpose of your role? You know, I, I think the core purpose of my role is to make sure that uh, as a separation science team, uh, we're speaking with one voice. I, I think I, I look at myself as I should be able to bring the whole team together and we should work together as a team and I should guide this team and speak with one voice uh, to, the, you know, to the customers. Right. And so, you know, in some respects, you're you're managing the reputation of the separation sciences brand for Lico. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and so I there's something that I, I somewhat use as a parlor game around town here because, mm-hmm. you know, as a business to business type of company. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people here don't know what Lico does. But before you came to Lico, did you know anything about the company? Um, any impressions, etc. Actually, I didn't. I, I had never heard of Lico, and um, because, as you can imagine, I had spent fifteen years in academia, so, and I wasn't really looking for a job at that particular time. But when they invited me to come here, I did a little research before I showed up here, and um, so yeah, no, before coming to Lico, I had not heard of Lico at all. So when you were in Dayton, everything seemed to probably be going well, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you get this headhunter calling you and you just jump on the line with a company that you've never really heard of before. <laughs> I know. What, what it actually attracted you to actually pull the trigger and, and move on up here? You know, so when I first came, I thought to myself, you know, you have spent 15 years at the university. You know, you have nothing to lose to see what's on the other side. What's what's on the other side? You know, change is very hard. You know, change usually is very hard. And uh, so when I came here, I had not worked in a private industry before. And I was thinking to myself, will I be able to stay here? Would I be able to? And at that time, my kids were very young. So I was really looking for a, a place which can be family friendly and be able to raise my children. But also what I was looking for was a place where I can work with you know, very brilliant people and because every day is a challenge and I wanted different challenges every day. So I was very intrigued by the people I met here and to understand that our company, we make so much great technology 
to help customers solve problems. And it was to me very impressive that everything is being done in St. Joseph, Michigan. Uh, that impressed me quite a bit. And uh, I took the leap of faith and 14 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> and we're glad you're still here. You know? Yeah. Um, of course, I came around a lot later. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and so I'm thinking back to maybe when you were still in the field traveling around meeting mm-hmm. with customers. I suspect that was kind of the origin of, of your enthusiasm about customers succeeding and, you know, really kind of the philosophy that Lico succeed, succeeds when our customers succeed. Absolutely. Um, do you have a, a story maybe about about customer success and how our equipment or our approach to service has really made an impact for one of our customers? You know, um, I mean, I can probably write a book about, you know, many stories of customer success. Uh, I have truly believed, just like you said, I, I, I when I came to Lico back then, and even now when I'm dealing with customers, I truly believe that, you know, the success of our customers is our success as well. So I take pride in really trying to work with customers and help them succeed. Um, there's an example of we had a customer one time who was having, they were facing challenges in uh, with uh, some of their data manipulation and um, they came to buy our instrument and um, after about maybe six months of using it, he called me back and he said, Farai, this instrument has really helped us being productive in our lab. We've never really, we, we, we haven't even finished discovering what other features are in the, you know, in the software package. And so it really simplified their work and they were really impressed with what they had. Um, and I think since then they've bought two other instruments. So, I mean, to, to, to hear stuff like that and to know that we're providing them this service to make their life go easier, to, to help them productive, to help them succeed, uh, it brings satisfaction within me when I see that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think about to, back to visiting a steel mill where um, they were having using really chemically intensive methods yeah. uh, for characterizing their surface treatments mm-hmm. and introducing one of our products that was just able to take a very manual and chemically intensive process and transfer it into a, a rapid one mm-hmm. uh, that the instrument basically takes care of uh, calculating everything they needed out of it. it it's really satisfying to see that customer yep. um, you know, change the way that they're doing business within their laboratory. Um, I think, you know, when our customers are successful, and I'm not just talking about the companies, but really the people that mm-hmm. we work with, uh, if they're successful within their own companies, that brings a, a great deal of sense of success, uh, I think, for each of us. Yep. So, and satisfaction as yeah, well. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that I always think is interesting around uh, Lico is that um, in whatever is the big news story in manufacturing and healthcare and food, there seems like there's some intersection of our products with those uh, those industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it could be, you know, reducing the weight of vehicles or mm-hmm. making uh, new breakthroughs with battery technology in the mm-hmm. auto automotive industry. Mm-hmm. And certainly our, our, our food, uh, it's fun to see some of the new alternative meats and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and such utilizing uh, some of our uh, or- organic equipment. 
Um, is there something that maybe recently or, or just really stands out to you that was kind of a rip from the headlines uh, sort of uh, thing that was connected to our equipment in some small way or big way, really? Maybe I, I can think of several topics. I mean, from the uh, oil spill, which happened several years back with B, uh, BP, um, from when we had uh, the terrorist attack in Boston, um, you know, when they when they started developing the veggie burger, um, our instruments in all those areas they were interconnected in so in, in coming up with solutions for some of those problems. So I, I think it's very it's satisfying when you hear these headlines and you know you're part of the puzzle. You know, whether from the from the end part of it to help solving the problem, uh, it's it's uh, it has always been amazing to me that legal at every aspect of these challenges were always in the headline news, even though they might not really say legal, but you right. know in the background we were part of the solution. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a big army behind every yes. every uh, solution to technical problems. Yes. Um, anything with COVID? Oh yes. Uh, so you know, it's amazing during COVID. You know, as you know, uh, Liquid we, we worked as essential workers here because uh, you know of the work we do. Um, they were they used our instrumentation to look at some biomarkers uh, for COVID. Uh, there was research which was being done out there, and one of our instruments was being used for looking for biomarkers for COVID patients. Yeah, I, I think that's it, it's it's again really satisfying when it's yeah. prime. You know, day in and day out, you leave work, you hear about the problem, right? But when you hear about the the problem being addressed meaningfully. Um, that, that gives meaning and worth to what we do every day. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, it gives you a reason to get up and go to work, right? It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. I'm sure it's probably not true for everybody. but uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, so I, passion is something that I, I think, you know, we, we both discuss in terms of how we, how we do our jobs every day. But, but for you, I know there's, there's other passions that once you leave these walls. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And so, I guess kind of quickly, what what are some of those things that you that you work on, um, and uh, and what's the future hold there? Ah. So, I have several. I think if I'm to summarize my passion, I I think uh, I'm very community oriented person. I like to uh, volunteer my time in the community, whether it's in our local community or whether it's um, you know. 10,000 miles across the ocean um, I think uh, I really find I really find it satisfying uh, in making a difference in people's lives um, locally here I am past president for the uh, Benton Harbor Sunrise Rotary Club we do a lot of work in the community to help the community around now one of the projects I can talk about which we have done recently we've built over 300 desks uh, for uh, helping kids in the community because if you can imagine when kids were going when we were, were learning from home there were many kids who didn't have desks and they were sitting on the floor or on their bed and our organization thought you know this is something we can do for the community for those who cannot get desks so we yeah. we, we did that and if you take it a step further you know 10,000 miles across the ocean um, we have our organization called living beyond hope and we are helping the children in southern africa 
to build a high school and bring some clean water and bring some textbooks, uh, pretty much trying to provide education for them. So it is those kind of things outside LICO which I really have passion about uh, to just change people's lives. Right. Yeah, I think I think the things that you've been doing uh, are well known around here as yes. uh, just really remarkable. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, the people that are less fortunate that are benefiting from your work, I, I know that that's just tremendously important. I think yes. um, giving kids the opportunity to have you know, an equitable educational experience. Mm -hmm. um, it should be a priority for all of us. And so thank you. For, thank you for all you do there. Thank you. I, and, and, and to say, it's not something I do alone, by the way. So there's a, this whole community of St. Joe, Stevensville, people have rallied behind, you know, on some of these uh, missions to help. So it wasn't just a Farai project. Yeah. It was actually the whole St. Joe, Stevensville community and around the country people jumped into hell. So that has been good. I guess the other the other thing that falls out of all of this is how did you get connected to building uh, schools and providing educational opportunities to children 10,000 miles away? Oh, <laughs> you know, as you know, originally I'm from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is in Southern Africa. And uh, I came over here in 1988 to go to college. And since then, um, I've been here. But in 2000, 2014, I took a trip over to my home village uh, in Zimbabwe. It's called Anodin Mission. And it was that time when I went there and I was taking a tour of the village with my relatives and they were showing me the, the, the uh, developments in the village. Uh, I took a tour of the secondary school, at least what they called the secondary school. And I realized that they didn't have any clean water they didn't have any desks. They didn't have any textbooks. The kids were sitting on the floor. I mean, it was quite amazing just to look at, you know, how how much these kids did not have. It was at that time when I thought to myself, Farai, this is your home village. This is your home village and you've been blessed and you live in the United States and, you know. So that's kind of how it came to me. And it was at that point, Andrew, when I asked myself, What's, what's my purpose in life? You know, what's my why? And I started asking myself, what's my why? And then by the time I came here, things evolved so quickly. And we started the project by doing some clean water project, you know, through my church. Mm -hmm. And we continued to do some books. And before you know it, it just snowballed to a point now we have an, an, a nonprofit organization called Living Beyond Hope. And we started with we started with seven children in 2014. Okay. We are now supporting 300 children who are dependent on our organization. So yeah, yeah there is some connection. It's my home village, right? And <laughs> I, I feel I feel very good that you know I am giving back to my old village, and those kids are so grateful for what we've provided them. Have you been able to go back since 2014? Well, I wanted to go back uh, in 2020. And of course, COVID showed up on our doorstep. And uh, so I haven't been back, um, but I would like to go back as soon as the traveling uh, gets better. So if someone is working in separation sciences in some way, uh -huh. and they're listening to this podcast and they're saying, I'd like to work for that Farai guy, what could they do? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, so we have, I mean, if you go for our website, of course, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities on our website. But uh, it's funny that you asked that because right now uh, we're looking for um, a West Coast uh, sales engineer. If you really lo- like to live in the West Coast, we're looking for a sales engineer for our West Coast uh, area. We're also looking for um, a sales manager. That's, those are the current open positions I have for separation science right now. And if you want to change your jobs, if you're not happy with what you're doing, I'll be more than happy to give you a job. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that off the record, Fry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have a couple of positions open in the uh, sales for my sales for the sales team. Okay. One is the sales manager, and the other one is a position for the West Coast. Sounds good. Well, thank you for asking that. Well, thank you uh, for coming and visit us in the studio. Thank you. Uh, it's it's been my pleasure to talk with you. We get to know you a little bit better. Yes, um, yes, and. Uh, of course, we'll be working together a good bit going forward. Here, yeah, so. and thank you to have me in your studio. Uh, you see, these are the roads of coming to the new building. I didn't know there's a studio in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, so, thank you, Andy. And hey, uh, I look forward me. to coming back again. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you, Brian.